Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. We are in a very sporadic way working through (laughs) this series called Out of the Silence. And uh, we have based it on just it being one of the first messages that Jesus spoke, Jesus speaking the heart of God for people, after 400 years of of quote-unquote silence, where God's people wondered, where are you? What are you doing? Are you active? Are you still with us? And God sends his son. He sends his heart for humanity. And the Sermon on the Mount that we find in Matthew chapter 5 is one of the first recorded times of Jesus addressing a community of people. And we're walking through this. We talked about how God speaks, even in in silent times where it looks like he's distant, that he still speaks to us. We talked about how he said that blessed are the poor in spirit, those that recognize their need for him. Then he said, blessed are those who mourn. And we would look at that and say, how does blessed and mourning coexist. How does that happen? And he said, no, the morning is more than just morning. Pastor Ed preached this message. It's funny. I got to, I prepared all week for it. And then, and then we had to go back online. And so Pastor Ed got to preach it. And I'm like, man, how is that fair? I prepared all. So I just, I lined all my kids up and I said, you're going to listen to this message. I'm, it was a great service. The offering was terrible, but it was a great But Jesus said, the mourning is more than just mourning over natural loss. The mourning is this recognition of of how I see myself in the eyes of a holy God and, and how I look at the condition of my heart to the standard that he has set in his holiness. And there's a faithful mourning that we're able to do where we, we don't look and compare ourselves with outside, but we look at the heart of God and say, God, would you clean my heart? Lord, I repent before you. God, I'm undone by recognizing your holiness and the standard that you've set and what I see in my own heart. Lord, would you step in? Jesus gave a beautiful picture of this when he He painted the picture of the Pharisee and the tax collector going to the temple, and the Pharisee just said, thank God I'm not like that person. And the tax collector said, God, I'm unclean. Lord, I can't even lift my eyes to you. And Jesus said it was him, the tax collector, that went home justified in the eyes of God. And so he says there's this beautiful mourning that that we have that the comfort that every soul is born needing only comes from mourning our condition, knowing and looking to the one who brings restoration and healing. So follow along with me. Let's read Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. It says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated with his disciples, when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit 
the earth. Holy Spirit, fill this time. Speak to your people. Lord, we present ourselves before you that, God, that there would be a holy time of repentance, us recognizing the places that you're calling us to, the walk that you've designed and created us to walk. And Lord, and that in this place of recognizing our failure in it, that you would fill that, that space with your power, with your anointing, with your encouragement to be who you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So he says, blessed are the meek. I don't know that we could pick a better word that is more misunderstood and would be looked down on in our culture today than meekness. Meekness is immediately identified with weakness. It is identified with uh, just this passivity, with being run over, walked on, uh, wimpy, pushover, bland, ineffectual, non-assertive, meek. Don't you get just this picture of like a sniveling little like, okay. And yet Jesus says, blessed are the meek. I, I would submit to you today that meekness is misunderstood. And I want us to, to study this today. I want us to, to have a moment of repentance where our mind shifts and change in the way that we look at meekness. You see, the meek are, are not submissive because they lack the resources to be anything else. Meekness is not just this picture of being run over, going, I can't do anything about anything, and so I guess I just have to take everything that life throws at me. You know, I had, I had a, uh, a teacher, and I want to parallel two teachers. I, I want to tell you about the worst teacher I ever had and the best teacher I ever had. So the worst teacher I ever had was in third grade. And psychologists tell you, will, 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 will tell you that, that the third grade is like the most forming, shaping year for kids in their personality and the way that they see life. Third grade is this monumental year. How is it that I had the worst teacher of my life in third grade? Her name was Mrs. Limler. And Mrs. Limler, I... I She's, she's in eternity now. I, that's all we're going to say about that. We'll just, but Mrs. Limler was so crazy mean. I, I was afraid for my life every day that I went to third grade. She screamed and, and everybody knows that kid in class. Everyone knows the kid in class that, that like he does before he thinks and you're, you watch and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not him. So that kid was this kid that lived in my block. His name was Travis Winningham. And Travis was always the kid that just had a thought that hit his mind and he did it. And, and this is a long time ago. I mean, this is back in the 80s. And so there were things like, did you know that, that back in the 80s that in public school, teachers gave kids swats? Can you believe that? Isn't that crazy? And like now we look at that and some of you are like, well, we, we're gonna, I'm going to sue whoever this Miss Limler is. We're going it's to, so, it's so bananas to look back at that. But so Travis would, he would just do stuff 
And then I had never seen anyone explode the way that Mrs. Limler exploded. She would get in your face and scream. And, I, and I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you, I was terrified of Mrs. Lumler. I got good grades only because I was terrified to get anything else every day. And what did she do? She took this power and this influence that God gave her and put, and put her in this place, and she abused it in a way that, that was so damaging. And man, she wore Travis out. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Travis. I, I, hope, I hope Travis is okay, man. I hope Travis is in a church somewhere saying, Lord, I just forgive Mrs. Limler right now. <laughs> so I had Mrs. Limler in third grade, and then I had Mrs. Taylor in fourth grade. So my parents took me, they, they saw what happened in third grade. I, I was a different kid after third grade. So they removed me from that school and they put me in this Christian school that was an hour and a half away. And it was at my grandparents' pastor church and they had a school at their church. And so my parents put me in this school and dad would drive me, my sister and I, he would drive us there on Monday mornings and then he would come back on Wednesday afternoons and we'd stay with my grandparents on, on uh, Tuesday, you know, Monday, Monday night, Tuesday night, and then they'd come back on Wednesday night. And then he'd usually come back on Thursday and Friday. We, we weren't usually gone uh, throughout the whole week. And, but he, and they just, he'd drive an hour and a half and, and bring us back. And he did that for two years. And so it was, it was such a wonderful experience to go from, from Mrs. Limler to Miss Taylor. Now, Miss Taylor was just this beautiful, amazing personality that had the same position, had the same power, and yet used it in an entirely different way. And I want you to know that, that my fourth and fifth grade years were the years, I, both years I won student of the year. My fourth grade year, as a fourth grader, I memorized the entirety of Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. Memorized the entirety of it, recited it, and, and, and my grades went from, I was a good student, I went to this level that I did not know that I could go to. And Mrs. Taylor modeled this beautiful picture of meekness. She had the same ability as Mrs. Limler to scream and to yell and to intimidate, and yet there was this governor on her soul I got to tell you this, this funny story about Mrs. Taylor because she, was, she had a great sense of humor. And Mrs. Taylor, was, she was a, a, a bigger woman, and she loved Connect Four. And so we'd have these Connect Four tournaments. And I was a good Connect Four player. And so at the end of the year, we had this tournament, and it was Mrs. Taylor and I in the championship. So I won one half of the bracket. She won the other half. It's Mrs. Taylor and I. And, and we're there, and you know what? She, she had me, and, and I knew that she had me, and I was frustrated by it, and she said, Josh, I think I have you. And I loved Mrs. Taylor so much. And so I was like, okay, if I gotta lose to someone, at least it's to Miss Taylor. And I said, Mrs. Taylor, and it just, it just came out of, my, out of my mouth, and I, Anna's probably gonna get mad at me for telling this story, but I said, I said, Mrs. Taylor, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. 
And you know what she did? She went, la, in the middle of class. And I was so, I was so embarrassed. I said, oh, Mrs. Taylor, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But she was this beautiful, beautiful soul that lived with this meekness. Meekness is not a lack of strength. Meekness is living with your strength submitted to God. It is this wonderful governor that keeps us in this place of trusting God. You see, the promise that Jesus gives here is that the meek inherit the earth. And he says, look, when it's all said and done and I come back and my kingdom is established, it isn't the ones who ruled while before I come back. It isn't the ones who dominated man. It isn't the one who lived by might makes right. It's the one who exemplify the meekness that I've asked you to live with that I will put with the inheritance of ruling and reigning with Jesus. The meek will inherit the earth. So the first thing I want you to write down and remember, meekness is not weakness. And if I had to define meekness for us today, I would say it this way. Meekness is humility in the face of the offenses of life. Humility in the face of the offenses of life. You see, meekness is power under self-control. It is power under God's control. Blessed are the meek. The second thing I want you to know about meekness is meekness is not meanness. It is not a lookout for number one. I have to get what's mine, do things my way. Meekness is opening your heart instead of clenching your fists. We have a beautiful picture of this in Genesis chapter 13. And I want you to see this because there's two, there's two tests that I, that I, I want to bring before you in, in looking and understanding what meekness is in our own lives and the way that we bring this home, the way that we apply this and say, okay, it's, is, it, is this just a nice word that we see in Matthew 5 or is this something I can actually see and allow the Lord to speak about in my life today? Meekness is not understood. It's not tested until you've walked through conflict. How many of you ever walked through uh, going through after a, a relative passes away and, and family members have to come together and divide what is there. All of a sudden, personality of sweet Uncle Jerry and his wife Miranda go to a whole new level. I want that and I want that and you're not getting that. You see, conflict is this place that reveals and brings this test to us. And the two questions that I would put before you are, are these. Am I easy to offend? Am I easy to offend? And number two, how quick do I retaliate? Look at Genesis chapter 13. Genesis 13 says this, and we, we, this is a lot of reading, but I want you to get the, the picture of this story because this is a picture of meekness. 
and not living by what we would say is my rights as a person. Genesis chapter 13, we're going to read the whole chapter. So Abraham left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev along with his wife and Lot, his nephew, and all that they owned. Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. From the Negev, they continued traveling by stages towards Bethel, and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place that Abraham had built the altar, and there he worshiped the Lord again. Lot, who was traveling with Abram, this is his nephew, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and many tents. But the land could not support both Abraham and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abraham and Lot. Conflict. Finally, look at verse 8. Finally, Abraham said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. Now, let's pause there. So Abraham is with Lot, who had rode his coattails for everything that he had. This was rich Uncle Abraham that welcomed Lot with him. And what happened to to Lot? He received the blessing of God just by being around Abraham. So Lot started banking. His flocks grew. Everything just started looking great for Lot. And then they realized there wasn't enough land for for all of their things. And I, I want you to see the picture of leadership and how meekness is not passivity. Abraham didn't wait until things got worse. What did he do? He stepped in and led this moment. And he led with meekness. And he said, look, we're not going to dispute over this. If you want this area, it's yours. If you want this area, it's yours. I will take whatever you choose, the opposite of whatever you choose. This is not passivity. It's this beautiful picture of meekness where he chooses God's blessing over what he can see with his eyes. And the story continues in verse 10. It says, Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and his servants and parted company with his uncle Abraham. So Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plains. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. Lot chooses what he could see with his eye. This is something that we're going to be faced with in every moment of conflict where there will be opportunity for us to reply and opportunity for us to respond, especially in the polarized climate that our culture is in right now. 
especially with the anxiety at the place that it is. Everybody is on a edge right now. We have fights at grocery stores and Costco where, where people are, are, are just on edge in the level of anxiety, the level of tension that people are living with. Abraham did not choose in that moment to say, listen here, nephew. Everything you have is because of me. I'm going to send you where I want to send you, and you're going to learn the lesson that you need to learn right now. What did he do? He made a decision based on the truth that he had built his life on, that everything that he has was not from the work of his hands, but from the blessing of God. Meekness is living with a perspective that God you are over and you are writing the story of my life. And you're going to continue. You're going to keep writing that story. And so where it may look that, that somebody else gets the good and somebody else gets the job that I want and somebody else looks more fulfilled and somebody else is in the relationship that I wish I had, I choose to trust you and not respond and not live out of an offense or to speak out of that place, but to choose, God, I trust you, and you're writing the story of my life. Look what happens as a result of that meekness. So Lot chooses. He got captured by what he saw with his eyes. Verse 14, after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, look as far as you can see in every direction. Now, didn't Lot just choose one of those directions? And yet God steps in and says, look everywhere you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I am giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants. Now, isn't that great that there's an and in there? I mean, think about Abraham. His nephew just chose the best. And then God steps in and says, now, listen, I got something to say about this because of how you've conducted your life. I'm going to give you every bit of this. And, man, I love that God is the one that says and. That's who he is. He doesn't just say, hey, I got good things for you. He says, and I'm going to keep blessing you. And I got more for you. And I got this for you. And I'm going to walk you through this impossibility. And I will give you so many descendants like the dust of the earth. They cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction for I'm giving it to you. So Abraham moved his camp to Hebron, settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. Then he built another altar to the Lord. Meekness is not meanness. Colossians chapter 3 says this. We're going we're gonna to head towards our close with this. Verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That word for gentleness there is meekness. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that come, comes from Christ rule your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. 
I, I don't know what, what jackets are in your closet that you're clothing yourself with. Let, let, let's, let's play this out. I, I want you to see this. So the world we live in today says you got to crush the competition. You may get up and think, ooh, I'm going to work, and I'm going to show them that I'm better than them. I mean, I, I, I got to show them, and, it, and I'm going I'm to embarrass them. I'm going to expose them, and I'm going to show that I'm the right one for this job. And I'm going to step on them. You may pick out that code, or you may pick out, hey, this is my right to be heard. And, and listen, believers, hear my heart, but I, I want to submit to you that so many times we confuse the rights of an American with the rights of a believer. And we live in the greatest country in the world, and we have amazing God-given rights, but they are not the rights of a believer. They're the rights of an American. And there are times that the Word of God says that, that instead of demanding rights, that we submit our hearts and our lives to Him in the face of offense, in the face of others saying things about us that we put our hope in what he would say. And so this jacket may look like this one where, where we say, my wife said I couldn't watch the OU game today. Now Anna's in nursery. She's, she's helping with the babies back there so I can say this kind of quietly. Listen, I run my house. This is, this is, I run my house jacket. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to do whatever I want in my house. Nobody tell her I said that. <laughs> you know, there's other coats that, that we pull out. How, and pastors and, and ministry leaders are not exempt from this. How about this coat? Like, we're better than that other church. I'm going to let them know our church is better. You should be at my church. This is, I mean, that's great. The Lord's going Lord's to do things there, but man, he's really here. I'm telling you, these jackets, they smell. They're dirty. There's no blessing of the Lord on these jackets. All these jackets are in our closet. Here's the angry social media post one. It goes good with the angry political post one. Sometimes you can layer those up. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus invites us to this place of meekness. And he said we could access it not by deciding, not by buying it, 
He says this, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble. And here's this word, I'm meek of heart. I am humble and meek of heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. You see, you can't buy meekness. You can't work it up. You can't just decide to be meek. The last thing I want you to know about meekness is meekness is only learned by walking with Jesus. See, it's, it's, not, it's not found up here. You don't reach up and rise above others to put on meekness. Meekness is found. And, and if you would, I just, I just want you to posture your hearts right now because meekness is not found by, by lifting yourself up. Meekness is found by getting low. It's not flashy. It doesn't even look effective. It's this place of our hearts where we say, Lord, you're writing the story of my life. And I'm not going to try to take the pen out of your hand. And Jesus said, it's those who sit before me and are meek of heart They'll inherit the earth. There's this level of trust that he extends to those that will prefer others. Galatians 5 has this. It says, a fruit of the Spirit is meekness. And it's so counterculture, friends. It's so counter to what we see around us. It's so counter to the, the actions and the reactions of our, our, our uh, society, the way that we treat each other. And the Beatitudes build the, in, in this beautiful way. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Jesus started it and he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who realize they're in need of him. And he said, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who don't move past that place, who don't believe that they've achieved and they've gotten to any place that they don't wake up every day desperate for what only he can provide. And they're close to their sin in the sense of going, before I look and react to the sin that I see outside of my life, I'm going to react from the sin I see within my own heart. I'm going to mourn in here stronger than I react out there. And then he says, blessed are the meek. And it's in this place of walking with him that you know what peace is. Would you close your eyes this morning, bow your heads. I want to pray over you, and, and, and I want to give you an opportunity to just respond. 
You know, just because we're, we're in this crazy season of COVID and we're not going to have prayer teams at the front and, and, or at the back, we're, we're, none of that matters in the sense of our hearts being postured before the Lord today. And I want to ask you first, if, if you're here and, and, and you recognize that you've never been poor in spirit, you've never been at a place that you recognize your need for Jesus, then I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And, and if the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and he's speaking to your heart and he says, I love you, Maybe your your heart's being awakened right now to the truth that you are loved by a God that sees every ugly detail of your life. And a long time ago, chose to reject the riches of heaven and to step in so that you and he could walk in unity and you could have peace with God. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that today. And maybe you're here and, and, and you, like me, as I studied and prepared this week and just put my heart before the Lord, it, it was so painful in the sense of looking at the areas that, that I, I recognize the lack of meekness that I walk in. Even Friday, Anna and I had a great day. We were having this wonderful day. And then there was this moment that, man, I wish I could take back. But I responded to her in a very unkind way, a very selfish way. And it demanded an apology. It demanded saying, I'm so sorry. So maybe you're here and you recognize God's dealing with your heart and saying, you've been, you've been doing this your way. You've been trying to make your own way. You've been putting on other jackets that are not the code of meekness. I want you to respond to that today. So if that's you, either one of those things, would you just lift your hands? Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is between you, me, and the Lord. I want to pray over you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down just as soon as you put them up. I, you say, Pastor Josh, why, why, are you, why do you want us to raise our hands? Because there's something that happens when we take a step and we say, hey, I am so unwilling to stay in this place that I'm willing to take a chance that someone else would know and, and have an admission of the ugliness and the brokenness that can fill my life. I want your heart to be encouraged because not only did I see and, and we're going to pray and unite our faith, but God saw and he's going to fill you. Today marks a day where you walk with him in a new, fresh way. Lord, we bring our hearts to you. God, I thank you for the boldness of every single one. Lord, if we're here, and, and, and Lord, there's some here that maybe they recognize their lives as completely destitute. They've never invited and asked you to take the place of Lord and Savior. And so, God, we come to you and we say, Jesus we believe that you are who you said you are. You are God's son. You died on the cross for me. We believe today. 
Lord, thank you for what you do in that moment, God, that you breathe life to a dead heart. You breathe life to a spirit that has been dead. And God, I thank you for spirits awakening today in new awareness of your love and your care and your plan for their hearts and their lives. And God, we, we respond, Lord, for those of us that recognize the lack of meekness that our lives are filled with and the other jackets that we put on that have filled our lives with, Lord, we repent before you. God, we repent for the way that, that uh, you are not seen, your character is not seen, it's missed. God, we repent for engaging in the ugliness on social media or attempting to win arguments and forgetting about the hearts of people. Lord, let your body, let your church be so different in this polarized climate. God, let us stand out, clothed with meekness, clothed with love, caring about hearts, not winning arguments. And Lord, we do so not from a place of feeling moral superiority, but God, from knowing that you are writing the story of our lives. And in the face of offense, in the face of ugliness, Lord, we can respond with humility, knowing that your goodness speaks louder than any other word. Holy Spirit, would you fill us today? Jesus, we want to walk with you. You said follow you, to learn from you. Lord, we want to learn from you. This is impossible. Meekness is impossible without walking with you. And so, Lord, we, we choose today to respond to your invitation to learn from you because you're meek. Lord, it's an amazing thing that the most powerful force that has ever and will ever exist was meek. Lord, we receive that truth. We thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.